0: All right, guys. Welcome to the Mission Driven Life Podcast, episode two hundred forty-three. Glad that all of you guys could be here today. It's been a long time coming. Uh, we started this podcast a couple years back. We have we've been go. I've been going at it almost daily uh, for a couple day for a couple days, and uh, we suddenly slowed down. But now we're back. And uh, for all you first time listeners, this podcast is all about mission leadership and business for young men. And my goal today is to bring successful, proven, battle-tested entrepreneurs and leaders into one space and to share value and knowledge to sharpen your sword. So today I'm super excited to have uh, a bunch of great guests and thank you to our sponsors, the Percon Group. Um, we're live on Facebook and this podcast is gonna be on Apple and Spotify posted shortly. But today I have a great guest and his name is Oliver Fernandez. He has $80 million in construction projects complete and $150 million in, uh, real estate projects in his portfolio in nine years. And today he's going to be strengthening us and giving us some value and, uh, glad you could be here, uh, Oliver, welcome.
1: Yeah. I'm really excited to you know, be here with you and I know we, we met at, uh, a growth con event uh probably like what has it been three or four years they're having another one in vegas but we met at the one in vegas and um we were just walking by each other and you were just like you had this big smile on your face so i was like hey man what's up and we just yeah. we connected and you know here it is three or four years later uh you can follow up following up and now we're, we're doing a podcast together so
0: really excited yeah brother yeah man i know i had you know i came with you with some uh, so many questions and like you've, you've helped answer a lot of questions for me. Thanks. And I do have a co-host here today who's going to be co-hosting. And I'm so, so blessed to have other like good, you know, good leaders around me. And this leader here is the founder of the Percon group. He is the, the owner of this company that I work with and we're partnered up together to, to do some great things and build towers and a lot of commercial projects. A deal has been, uh, been a part of the percon group he's founded this in, back in 2006 and uh he has been leading me showing me the ropes mentoring me throughout the way and he today he's here to uh uh to be a co-host here today and uh welcome adil welcome
2: thanks kevin thanks for having me it's a pleasure being here and i think it's going to be a very knowledgeable and informative podcast so i'm really excited
0: Awesome guys. Well, I'm glad that we could be here. Look, I don't want this to be like a normal podcast that's just on every plat- different platform. You know, the, you know, feel free. Like this is a no-holds barred. We're men here. And uh, I want to talk to you guys about the grits of being in the construction business, the lessons you've gained and the, the leadership lessons you've learned. I, I'd love to learn from uh, Oliver. Uh, tell us here about your experience as a general contractor. How has that been for you?
1: Yeah. Being a general contractor is great, right? Uh, But I didn't, I didn't start off as a general contractor. I remember the first job that we did, man. I was, uh, I was, I was living between Maine. I was living between Maine, Florida and Georgia and New York. And then all of a sudden I landed this first project in, in Massachusetts. And, and this job was a, a project where we had to go and replace this like box culvert. So it's like this big pipe It's probably, you know, eight feet in diameter. And um, we just had to replace it in two spots. It was like one, one spot in the beginning of the of the pond and then one spot at the end of the pond. And like each length was like maybe 10 or 15 feet. So it wasn't a big job or anything. Um, and yeah. I bid that job. And I, I remember I, I put like $60,000 on that job. And I bid it as a subcontractor because I wasn't a GC at the time. I was a subcontractor, you know? but I was, I was basically doing the entire project. And that GC, he's like, he, he looked at my number and he's like, yeah, you know, that, that sounds, you seem like you're right in line with it. And he had me come up there and we, we walked the project together and then, you know, we, we went back and forth a little bit and he took some stuff out and he added some stuff, stuff in. And then next thing you know, like our, my, my number ended up being like 36 grand. And I remember when we first started that project, man, like the stream of water that was coming through that I was replacing this box culvert at was like very minimal. It was small. It was like, it was, it was barely, a, a, a barely even a stream you would, you would, you would see. Right. Um, But man, we got, we got a rainstorm two weeks into the job and we had the whole thing demoed and we're ready to put the, we're ready to put the box cover, piece of concrete uh, box down into the ground. And next thing you know, a rainstorm comes through and this rainstorm turned this entire area into like, like you would have thought it was like the Mississippi river. So it blew out all of our shoring and everything. And it was like, oh my goodness, like this is this is the risk that you always hear about when you talk about construction. Yeah, and um, you know I, I, that job ended up a nightmare. I ended up losing thirty grand on the job, and this is the first job I'd ever done. And I wanted so bad to run that way, like just, just I'm done. I'm I, I quit. Like you, you went construction, you know. But yeah. I'm so glad I stuck it out because now we've done over eighty million dollars worth of construction projects, and um, I, you learn, I every lesson that I learned during that project, I'm using now to, to understand how to work with s- subcontractors, how to how to get the best pricing from subcontractors, how to set jobs up. So like when things bad do happen, they don't affect us in that way. So uh, yeah, I mean, construction is a great game and um, there's a lot of risks to it, but there's also a lot of rewards. You know, I've built my entire uh, life and I provided for my family with it. I provided with my team with it. You know, now we're right. duplicating this process that i've been able to be successful at through the team so like that 80 million I, I want to start doing that get get to a point where we're doing that a year that's the that's the new target is to get to 100 million dollars a year in, in construction
0: solid bro that's serious man now i'm like i I'm, I'm i'm still a little behind in this like what's a box culvert i'm uh is that inside the road or is what it's, is that gutter It's concrete
1: what? pipe you know it's it's just think about concrete pipe that mm-hmm. water would run through and it had an eight eight foot eight foot in diameter. So I'm a six, I'm six feet tall. So this pipe was bigger than me. It's like you know it's big pipe. You know it's
2: oh yeah it's, yeah. 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 So, These are the uh the sewer sanitary pipes that go in the ground and they're pretty big but the culvert is usually is it's installed between a, an entrance over an entrance to get the water from one place to another. It's like a bridge. So it's only a small piece of pipe that I usually install from one end to the other, so the water can flow through. Yeah, that's that's exciting, Oliver. Um, it's it's honestly it's a it's a great meeting you here, and then and, and then your interest in construction and what you're telling me on your first job. So that's amazing. Now, I want to ask you a question. Do you did you have any construction background? So have you did you go to school or you were working earlier on in construction or you just started as your first job and that was your first job ever in construction? Yeah,
1: that really great, great, really good question. So when I first started out in construction, my dad was always in construction. So he had me on the side to the laborer. You know, I was always sweeping things up, shoveling things, you know, raking things. I tried to jump Uh, into pieces of equipment and operate it, but, you know, I ended up creating a bigger mess than I, than I, than I intended to. Um, And then, yeah, I did go off to school and, and I, I, you know, I got a bunch of like book knowledge from, you know, you know, what construction is. And then I, I still, even though I grew up in it and I went to school with, for it, I still lost money in my first job. So none of that really matters. know.
2: Right. Right it's there is a lot with what you learn with just doing it with your hands on right so that's the best way of educating and getting educated that's that's great
0: that's crazy yeah Yeah, it's uh because i know we were saying like i remember i sent you a direct message on instagram uh oliver i was like hey man do you think i should take school like should i get my apprenticeship or should i get my uh, like a college like you know my construction management degree like I remember asking you these questions, and you're like, "Yo, you don't need it." So you're saying now that you had it. So what do you, what what happened there? You know?
1: Yeah, no, that's a really great question. And honestly, I sometimes ask myself, man, I lost for six years by going and doing that stuff. And and yes, I, I did learn the 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 one thing that I took away from school, right? Was mm. uh, this was the first time that I was in an environment and people were actually competing. They wanted to be great, like before like I would always was in school and I was in the high, type of high school I was at I had people in my classroom that would literally stand up while the teacher's in the middle of a uh, a segment and say I'm never going to use this stuff anyways this is I'm never going to use this and and when you're when you're playing seeing those seeds of doubt you're like maybe I really don't need to try it I don't need to like give 100% effort in this stuff so when I got to college, now all of a sudden the environment was totally different. Here people are studying, they want to get good grades, they want to be great. And I was like, whoa, that was a big eye opener for me. So that was like one of the things that I did take away from college. is like, there people out there that want to be great in this world. And if I want to be great too, because I did want to be great, I'm going to have to bring my A game. Um, but when I, when I was talking with you and I was like, hey man, you don't need to go to college and all that stuff. The, the reason why I was saying that is like, right now is a time where there's so much mentorship. Like that's, that's one of the things that I love most about what you're doing here, right? Got, you, you've partnered with someone that has done construction projects. You're, you're learning the game from him and you're learning way more from Adele than you would be learning in college. And, that, and when I, the reason why we've been able to do that just, just under hundred million dollars worth of construction projects, is because I got a mentor. It wasn't because of the schooling. It wasn't because I grew up and my dad was in construction and I was a laborer. It's because I had a mentor that that had done, you know, tens of millions of dollars in construction. And he taught me what I need to look for and how I need to set things up and how I need to approach them. And then once I, once I saw that and I got that framework in my head, I just put steroids behind it. And now it's just like, I wanted. I was able to do it faster and faster and faster. And now we're looking to continue to duplicate that faster and faster and faster. So the the key to finding a mentor that's already done it, that's been in the game, understands how to how to set things up so that you don't you don't have to take a thirty thousand dollar loss.
2: Actually, Kevin and I had the same conversation. Uh, him going to school which I encourage him for, but I said, I told him the same thing, that in order to get started, he doesn't need to. And he's most likely going to waste his time, especially what he was kind of going after, um, just on
0: the, uh, on the. yeah. Yeah. I wanted to be a plus.
2: Yeah. I, I would, I would recommend going to more of the project management or, or the, the project, the upper related work where you can schedule stuff where you can handle bigger um tasks obviously they're more riskier like but this is where you gain everything by taking by learning and educating and be able to take those risks and learn from that and that's what makes you better so uh, but again yeah school is important but it, it depends you like what you're taking and how are you taking it when you're taking it in order to start a lot of things you don't need it that's what a lot of people think like if i if I need to be a certain person, I need to go to school. I need to look a certain way. I need to do certain things. It doesn't have to be that way.
1: Yeah. I I, I want to add one more thing to that because I, I'm not, I'm not here to bash school, but I, I think the, 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 the main contributor to beh- behind all this stuff is I was, I was curious. Right. And I was, I was intellectually curious. And I, I, I was intellectually aware that I didn't know everything. And that was the route that like, everybody was taking. So I just was like, okay, I'm going to go to school and they, it's going to help me be this person. And then you graduate and you're like, dude, uh, what's going on here? Like uh, luckily I, I was able to get a job out of college. It didn't last long. I lasted probably less than three months, but yeah. uh, a lot of people like the smartest people in my class, they weren't even able to get, get a, get a job. So it, it you know, college taught me like you always got to take the, take the best out of everything. And that's another thing that I always do is I take the best out of everything. Every experience that I have, there's always something that you can learn from it. And one of the things that I learned from college, another thing that I learned from college was that it doesn't it doesn't pay to just be smart. It pays to be smart and be able to communicate because those people that were the smartest in my class, they didn't get jobs out of college. Why? Because they couldn't communicate and articulate their value. Whereas people that were barely graduated—I mean, like, like, they cheated on every piece of homework, every you know, everything that they could, everything that they could get away with, they they did, right?
0: Right. Like they
1: had jobs. Why did they have jobs? Because they were great communicators. They could communicate their value
0: and what they. If could they can speak. People. They're good speakers. Yeah,
2: school teaches you maybe like a couple of good things and you need those you need that knowledge you need that foundation but it, it it can't teach you possibly or it doesn't teach you possibly everything so you need to learn a lot of things and you learn that by experience by having a mentor teaching you taking you through the road and showing you the stuff so I mean I have a lot to say about school like I went to school and I've And I wasted a lot of time because of the schooling system because I didn't even know what I really wanted until I started doing some of the things and I really found out what I really after what I really wanted. And what I'm really after so the school is is very important the you learn a lot of things from there, that is mandatory you need those items but it's not everything. 100%
0: yeah I went to I went to university and. uh... I I dropped out, but I took, I had a business, I went to school for business and psychology and I got three things from there. Uh, The first thing was the women are beautiful (laughs) in university, man, like boom, oh man. The skirts, like, oh, they're beautiful, like ladies everywhere, man. And it was so easy to get distracted. I think the second one for sure was networking. Just in school, I learned how to network. I spent less time in class But I was in student clubs that taught me a lot about business, how to, like, email someone, how to, like, negotiate something, how to ask, like, how to just run a club, which kind of moved into, like, business and project management. And then the third thing that I learned was, uh, I think, really about sales, like, communication. You know, I was in a Toastmasters club. I don't know if you guys know that, but I I was the president of a club. It's all about public speaking, this Toastmasters thing. And... um, really gained how to like present and speak in front of a group and uh which is really cool Oliver because I seen you at GrowthCon on stage with Grant, uh Brandon Dawson on stage in front of like 10,000 people man speaking that's where I, that's where i know you from bro <laughs> yeah yeah
1: yeah you know honestly before that like i was like petrified of speaking in front of people um, yeah yeah I was I was just I had an experience I, when I was in second grade and I was like speaking in front of the whole school about like some dare thing or something and dare is like uh, you know like one of those like anti drug um, promotions that they used to have back in the day and I got up there and I was speaking and like I was I knew my mom was in the crowd but I didn't want to look at her because I didn't want to get all nervous but like she was over there like. I, was speaking, but I wasn't speaking loud enough for, for people to hear me so like I had this like I had this thought in, in my mind that like the next speaking gig I'm not going to do it right and, and and honestly that stayed with me for such a long time and I'm so glad that I was able to like shake that and like the the growth con event was was a huge anchor for me to be able to get out of that mindset that I can't speak in public um and, and that thought process has transitioned into like construction projects and everything because it's like, don't let one mistake be a mistake for the rest of your life. It's one mistake and it's right here, right now, but grow from it, learn from it, adjust from it, tweak from it, and um, continue to build on that. Don't, don't just let one failure hold you back.
0: Yeah. So I I want to move this next question into something kind of interesting. I know the majority of people in the trades and construction are mainly men. There are some women there as well, but it's a huge majority of men. What was you, what did you learn about leading men and becoming a strong leader for other guys on your crew? And how, what did you learn from that on leadership?
1: So I'm gonna zoom out here. I, I, we lead both men and women. Like honestly, my our estimator's a woman. Uh, like okay, yeah, our, You know, our project engineer. We have both women and male project engineers. We have male and female people in the field. So, um, I always look at it as like leading people, right? And how do I? Because they're both the same, honestly. Like you know, they're they leadership. Um, starts with a big vision. Like where are you going? I'm creating a $100 million company. Who's coming with me? Like, let's go. I, we're gonna enhance lives through quality construction. And on that, we're building a $100 million company in, in the process of doing that, right?
0: Right.
1: Um, so you start with a big vision. and then it, uh, start, And then it follows up with a clear and concise process for how to get results. And I say that very slowly and very clearly. Because if you have people in your organization that do not clearly understand how to execute, they will come into your organization and start doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And, and then all of a sudden your, your, your problems that you, you thought you had now are duplicated because you have someone else create, creating them. Mm-hmm. Which okay. in reality was you really creating them because you made a bad decision in the first place and you weren't clear about the process to, to execute and get results in your organization. So leadership leadership can be really simple or it can be really hard. And, and I, like to, I like to follow a simple model with it. Um, you gotta have a big vision because no one's gonna follow you if you, if you, if you got a hundred bucks because if you got a hundred bucks, what's left for them? Nothing. So you gotta have a big vision. Then you gotta put action behind that. Like people are following follow where we wanna go and they're following the leader because we have projects, we have the work, we, we, we actually can get results. And then now it's like making sure that process, that back end is, is super clear so that when you do have people executing on, 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 the, on the work, it's being done properly.
0: Yeah. You must have right. got this stuff a lot from like Brandon Dawson then and all that uh, Cardone Ventures stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. I've invested heavily in, in, in that because I know how important leadership is, you know? I was wondering why I was bumping up against the $10 million per year, per year limit. Like last year we did $18 million. Why? Because everything didn't just stop at me, right? We had other leaders in the organization. So now I know how to scale and grow. I was, before I was trying to scale and grow with one person. Now I'm gonna scale and grow through a team and everybody's got to win and and, and be able to uh, achieve their goals in the process of it. So yes, I've invested heavily in my leadership because I understand I I want to create a a massive organization that enhances people's lives. And I can't do that alone.
2: Okay. So I want to continue on that, Hmm. Oliver. Um, I I have a question. Uh, One, how big is your team? And two, when you're hiring people in your team, what are the core values you look for? Um, Let's say top three.
1: Yeah, that's a really, really great question. So the team right now uh, we have, 56 people in in one location, and then we have another 18 in another location, so all together total. Let me do the math. That's 66, 72 people all together. Um, And uh, our core values, we actually have six of them. I'll walk through them with you because they're super important. And honestly, when I'm talking, and even in my communication with you right now, I'm constantly filtering through these core values. Are we in alignment? Are we not in alignment? That's one of my core values. I've, I got to have people in my team that are in alignment. If they're saying things that are totally over here and, and they're not willing to a, adjust and, and, and come into alignment with the organization, uh, we, we, we typically will remove those people from the environment because it's just, a, just becomes a distraction. Yeah. So alignment is our first core, one of our core values. Inspiration is another core value. Um, inspiration is, Comes in so many forms. I mean, like, even if we have a person in our organization that was scared to, to do um, um, our, our Zoom calls and, and basically present, right? So, her now being able to develop that skill of, of being able to present because we that's a requirement in the organization. And, and now that her developing that skill and now her sharing that story with the rest of the team that becomes another inspirational story for everybody else in the team that might have feel weird or might feel uneasy about sharing, right? Um, then discipline. We do everything we say we're gonna do. Like you can't build a business if people are saying they're gonna do something and they don't. It's a, it's, it can be here tomorrow and then it's gonna fall down the, the next day if, you're, if you build a business that way. Then accountability. Like we're, we're accountable to ourselves, we're accountable to our customers, we're accountable to each other. Um, and when there's no accountability and people are just doing whatever they want to do, like we're, we get out of alignment, you know, and it becomes a big, big problem. Right. Right. Um,
0: right.
1: So what do we go through? We have alignment, we have inspiration, we have discipline, yeah, we right. have accountability. Um, and then re- results oriented, right? Like we have to get results. Like no one's coming here, showing up every day. Or they, they're not, they're not leaving at the end of the week or the end of the year hitting results. Like. Um, and then that, the, those results help us create a bigger team and, and allows it to continue to snowball. Uh, and, and then right. the, the sixth and final uh, core value is transparency. We share revenue numbers. We share all of that stuff with our team so that they know what we're creating. I don't want anybody in my organization not knowing where we're going. Right. It seems scary in the beginning. Like, oh, I don't want them to know my numbers. I don't want to. Do it. But no, we, 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 we are totally transparent about all that stuff because everybody's got to be on the same page about where we're going or you're going to get left behind.
2: Right. Right. No, that's great. You, you actually have it all, all lined up and exactly what you're looking for. And that's where it all starts because you have the core values that you have set up for yourself in order to have the success and you want pretty much the same pattern to be followed. So everybody can fit in into their, their niche and then they can be the best, Having those core values and then do every single thing that's required in different departments of the company, so that's great. Uh, so, I have another question, um, and that is, so that's related to your 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 general contracting. Um, what kind of general contracting work do you do? Is it commercial? Is it residential? Is it industrial? Or you do mixture of all?
1: Yes. So. We, we, we do a lot of work for the, for the government. So we're doing work in the Navy, at the Navy bases, the air force, the USDA, um, wow. the, the, the park service, oh. all of those, all of those places. And we're going in and we're renovating like the barracks. So where people sleep. So we, we go in and we're renovating bases. those spaces. Um,
2: we like go army in, bases and military. Kind of thing?
1: Yeah. Army bases. yeah, Military bases. Yep. Yeah.
2: Now, is that all out in the East or you're all over the country?
1: Yeah, we're 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 all over the country. So we, okay. we we basically work from Pennsylvania south to Florida, as west to Texas, and then we come back up to Tennessee, and then um, yeah. So we we've also done jobs out in Washington State, uh, Would Be Island. So we mm-hmm. we we get, we can cover a big territory, and um, and and. I can't be in all those places. So it's like, again, it goes back to leadership. You got to be able to lead a team and be able to have a conversation with someone and understand what's going on in the field because it, this is construction. There is going to be problems. There is going to be things going wrong and you have to be able to help navigate the waters, you know, uh, with, right. with this process.
0: Right, right. So, key. I just want to transfer into a little bit of a sponsorship segment uh, uh, for the Percon Group. Thank you for their sponsorship. This company does design and build. We are expertise in development permits, building permits, engineering drawings, general contracting, and trade services. If you guys need any help with any commercial space and developing that space, go ahead and send your uh, uh, call this number, 1 747 266. Six, <laughs> I think that's it. it does, is that the toll-free number? I this photo cut out. I believe it's yeah. 2664. 2664. Oh, 1866 747 2664 If you guys need any help with any design builds, call that number. And uh, and yeah. Thanks for that. Uh, yeah, now back to the questions if you have <laughs>
2: Yeah.
0: Um, are you going to go, Kevin, or
2: do you want me to ask the next question?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, I, I know we have about roughly three uh, eight minutes left. I'd love to transfer more into real estate and talk about, you know, what's going on in the world of real estate and what are you learning there and what could you share for all of us.
1: That question for me?
0: Yeah, because sure, bro. You'll go Oliver, me. and then I'll go deal after. All
1: right, cool. Yeah, so real estate's a really interesting business, um, and. In the beginning, that's the business that I wanted to be in. Uh, I I I was actually renovating the place that I'm in right now. Um, and during this time, I my dad was also in construction, and he you know he had he had actually gone out of business and gone through bankruptcy, so he couldn't have things in his name. And I wanted him to still be able to provide for my my sisters, so uh, I let him put my hit the business in my name, and. Um, when, when we, we were getting the things off the ground and moving things forward, you know, we started running up some you know, some pretty big bills and I was like, man, what's going on? So like, I went down there to go figure out what's going on because it was just getting you know, kind of crazy and the numbers weren't really adding up for me. And I was like, I, my, my butt was on the line basically. So while I was doing this real estate project, I, uh, I was in the back alley and I ended up uh, connecting with one of my neighbors and my neighbor um, came into the property and he, he, he saw how, how beautiful we had made this place. And he's like, man, I cannot believe you did this. Like I've seen um, all of the bad activities that were coming out of here, the, the drugs and the, all the craziness that was coming out of here. And now you renovated it to look like this. And he, we, we ended up building like a great relationship. And I, find out, I found out like two to three months later that he owned two properties down the street. He was a 95 year old guy. He really didn't have any inspiration to go and renovate those properties, but he still was holding on to them because he he just was excited about them, you know, and he actually yeah. lived in Virginia, but just would come up here every, every two or three days to check on everything and make sure no one had broken in. Um, and we built that relationship and he ended up owner financing me those properties. So I put down 20 grand and the owner financed me a million dollars worth of real estate. And we used that real estate. We went in there. We 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 did some more construction there. We added value there, and then we were able to refinance out a million dollars and continue to build the rest of the portfolio with that. Um, so that's where I cut my teeth with real estate. And and I, honestly, I wasn't I I wasn't like a flipper or you know like one of those people because like I I made too many mistakes. You know what I mean? Like I would uh, you know. But if you're holding it and you're renting it out, you would always be able to catch up on those mistakes because you're, you're, you're collecting that additional like rental income, cash flow, and then over time it just works. It, it, it solves all those problems. Um, but now we've become a lot more sophisticated in terms of like what we're looking at and why we're looking at it. So we're going after these properties that are a uh, hundred plus units, um, things that we can go in and still add value through construction. When the tenant right. moves out, we'll go in and renovate the unit and now will be able to rent it out for a hundred or $200 premium. Wow. And the way that real estate is valued is it's valued off of um how much the income that you're bringing in. So if you're, if you can raise your income, you can raise the value of the property. So we we've really doubled down in, in that space. And, you know, th- there's, there's been a lot of shifts in the market with, with rates and, there, you know, that's the focus everybody's on right now, but there's still so much opportunity out there, you know, deals that, deals that pr- previously were, were, we're, we're, we're a lot more expensive are now, you know, trading at a lot lower rates. Right. And the cool thing about that is yes, it's a higher interest rate, but like, if you set it up properly, you can, you can still buy these properties and then trade out of that, that debt, uh, you know, two or three years later with some cheaper debt and, um, and, and make a lot of money. So, you know, I love the real estate stuff. I, that's where I I'm so grateful that I, I I'm in construction, but, at the same time, I am I'm so grateful that I've developed my investor mindset because the construction stuff is, you know, it's 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 great, but there's a lot of risk with it. Whereas as as the real estate stuff, I can I can start having money working for me. Whereas the construction stuff, I'm in it and I'm in the day to day and I'm grinding, I'm pushing and shoving, and like you don't know what the next thing's gonna be. Um, whereas real estate, it's moving forward, it's working for me day and night. You know, I got tenants paying. Their, 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 their rent, and now we're investing in these 100 plus unit properties. So now we have 100 tenants, 100 families that are paying every month, you know? So it's 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 creating all of oh, these streams of income.
2: Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Kevin, you want me to go on the, the real estate? So yeah, let's I hear think it. we're gonna need an entirely separate podcast for real estate stuff, maybe a couple of them. Uh, because there's so much, uh, but I'll just tell you about my journey. Actually, I started in real estate um, and then I went in construction and I, I still had real estate this whole time. And now I am back in real estate. So exactly what Oliver said, real estate could be very passive, right? You could be still in it. You don't have to do it every day. Um, and, and, and you could make it very active as well. Uh, But it could be very passive where construction, it's active all the time. If you're not there, things are not going to move. Things aren't going to happen. Even though you have everything in place, there are so many things that come up as an issue as, as, you know, there's so many different variables involved in construction. So it's very, very active. And the safety is also is a big concern in construction. So it becomes very heavily liable. It's, It's a really great skill to have, like a great asset to have, Having construction yeah. and real estate together, um, but real estate—I—I I, I really admire what real estate does. Like I said, we're going to need a, a good hour for to go over real estate because the benefit of real estate—you won't find it in any other business. No matter what business you have, what you find, number one, the real estate is real. Like, no matter what happened, once you purchase something, and it's there, it's physically there. There are a lot of other investments that don't do that real estate has the plus point um you can renovate it and sell it you can renovate it and rent it and keep it you can go back and refinance it you can keep it for the rest of your life and keep refinancing it and taking money yeah. out you know it's like a little piggy bank so it just yeah. fills up after a certain years and then you can use it and fills up again and then you can use it again and multi- oh, there are a lot of you know, there are a lot of
0: guys that do. Uh, there's a lot of guys that do a lot of flips. What do you guys What do you guys think about these flipping guys? It's you guys.
2: I mean, if you're just getting in the business, and it's it's a lot. It's it's very risky, first of all. Um, but I I don't call it a business. I mean, you can do it. You can do it like a, with very high value properties, and that's where you can you're gonna get most of the money. Um, I've done it myself, I purchased several properties and then I would renovate them or either they were mine and then I I was done living in them so we would renovate it and sell it or I would specially buy it to renovate and sell it. I don't for long term, I don't see a value. It's it's actually the real value in real estate and so many other things. Um, It's good to have it if you understand the market, you understand the business, you understand the effort behind it. It's good. Because you're running like a construction company and, and a real estate company at the same time when you're doing that. And if you get stuck in between deals, like I know people right now that got are stuck in the deal. Like I may even have my own clients right now that bought something and it was based on a certain interest rate and certain time period and certain budget and things are changing now. They're not able to produce what they were thinking. So they're in a hole now. The only thing and a lot of people this is where they will make mistake that they will panic and they will try to leave right now and if you Mm -hmm. had done your math right the right thing would be that you would keep it and you would just wait because it's going to go back
0: up interesting that's a fair point we do have a couple questions from our guests or visitors that are watching uh on the live right now shout out to talha niyazi with exp he has a question here um Thanks, thanks for all your support, Tala. Um, Tala's asking, how should a new tenant go about selecting a design build firm for their project?
2: Is that a question for Oliver or?
0: It's a, just what? any, yeah, any both of you guys, whoever has a quicker, whoever's quicker to draw. <laughs> okay, I'll do a, a very quick one. <clears throat> Anything in
2: construction, I always recommend that you, go out and get three codes. So you find three different parties that are interested in your project, you bring them in, and then you ask them to give you a proposal or quotation. And then you have to review everything, what's been provided in the quotation, and you have to compare them apple to apple. So exactly the same scope of work. So make sure you give out this exact same information to those three different companies so they can bid or give you a quote on the
0: exact same scope of work nice what about you oliver what do you think about that
1: yeah I, I couldn't agree more with you on that you know go out there and get get your three bids and you're gonna learn a lot by just getting three bids because someone's not gonna even return your phone call the other person's gonna give you give you the, the estimate on a, a piece of paper handwritten then another person's gonna might email it to you and it's perfect you know so you're going to learn a lot by just going out into the marketplace and whoever you connect with most, whoever you 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 build trust with that can actually fulfill on the the the, the vision that you have, those are the people that you want to work with. Because it's not sometimes it doesn't it's not all about dollars, right? Like yes, this guy might be $100 cheaper, but you're going you might pay for that and all the aggravation like you're chasing him down cuz he he doesn't do everything he says he's going to do. He's not there on time. He's leaving stuff out and you got a family That that's also living in the house or or close by on the project, and there's there's dangerous things that are happening there that could potentially hurt people. So yeah, it's Mm -hmm. always I always that's how I decide of what contractors I want to work with is like who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna be disciplined enough to to follow the procedures that we have in place, and 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 also be willing to. execute
0: in a timely fashion Yeah, yes okay reliability trust making right. sure like just see you just just how it fits you're, you're totally right man i've met some people networking that i i meet them and they don't respond they don't even like they don't reply to their text or their phone call and it just got to be questioning like if they do this here are they going to do this there you know like how one person does one thing it's how they do everything you know like that kind of thing so we're, we're about to wrap up, guys. Let's wrap up this po- podcast. Do you guys have anything you guys want to plug before we wrap up? Anything important? You, last messages, final words. Uh, uh, I would we, just uh, like to up. thank
2: um, you, Kevin, for organizing this and putting this together. And I would like to thank Oliver. It's a pleasure meeting him. And and I think we sh- we would be looking to do something else in the future, and we would love to join us again. And there is more that we would want to talk about real estate. So, and, and maybe, you know what, maybe we'll, we'll all Grant Cardone fans. So maybe we'll, one day we'll, in near future, we'll all meet physically again.
1: Yeah. We got the growth Con in Vegas coming up again. So let's, uh,
2: that's where we met Kevin. When is first. that happening?
0: Oh, I'm not sure. October. Well, or- that's in
2: 2023. Not this year. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. I think yeah. February, I got, I got to look it up on that Pretty day awesome. yeah nice a- anything oliver uh, go ahead and share anything if there's ever anything you want to plug or um before yeah i know
1: i really appreciate you kevin uh setting this up and it's a pleasure meeting you adele um you know i love construction and i'm all about construction but again the biggest takeaway that i've, I've learned from being in the construction space over the last 10 years is that you also w- once you've built that machine that's making money for you you have to also start building your investor hat and the reason why you want to build that investor hat is because you want to separate your income generation from your time and you can't do that when you're actively growing and doing and building and making things happen so when you invest in something you can separate your income generation from your time and then that's going to allow you to create real freedom in in the future. Um, so we have investment opportunities. like we're, we're buying businesses, we're buying real estate. we're doing all kinds of things. If you're interested in connecting further, you can reach out to me at www.investwitholiver.com and I'd love to share with what we're working on.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'll put that in the uh, I'll put that in the comments as well. Hit that link down below guys. If you want to learn more about Oliver's um, his investment services, And again, this podcast has been provided by um, the Percon Group. We are a general contracting and construction consultation firm. Um, If you guys need with design help, getting your drawings set up, your building permits set up, development permits set up, or if you need help building the actual project located and you're located out here in Canada, go and contact our team, percongroup.com percongroup.com or if you're out in the states and you know maybe you're out in the washington area or the united in, in the in the south of the border i know oliver's doing some great things with mckenzie construction so uh, both websites are down below into this feed and i'll put it in the show notes as well um, i want to thank both of you guys for joining i hope you guys have a rock star day this is the mission driven life episode 243 have a great day guys
2: thanks kevin
0: thanks oliver yes sir yes sir yes sir everything